Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Let's read Joshua chapter 23. A long time afterward, when Yahweh had given rest to Israel from all their surrounding enemies, and Joshua was old and advanced in years, Joshua summoned all Israel, its elders and heads, its judges and officers, and said to them, I am now old and well advanced in years, and you have seen all that Yahweh your God has done to all these nations for your sake. For it is Yahweh your God who has fought for you. Behold, I have allotted to you as an inheritance for your tribes those nations that remain, along with all the nations that I have already cut off, from the Jordan to the Great Sea in the West. Yahweh your God will push them back before you and drive them out of your sight. And you shall possess their land, just as Yahweh your God promised you. Therefore be very strong to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right hand nor to the left, that you may not mix with these nations remaining among you, or make mention of the names of their gods, or swear by them, or serve them, or bow down to them, but you shall cling to Yahweh your God just as you have done to this day. For Yahweh has driven out before you great and strong nations. And as for you, no man has been able to stand before you to this day. One man of you puts to flight a thousand, since it is Yahweh your God who fights for you just as he promised you. Be very careful, therefore, to love Yahweh your God. For if you turn back and cling to the remnant of these nations remaining among you and make marriages with them, so that you associate with them and they with with you, Know for certain that Yahweh your God will no longer drive out these nations before you, but they shall be a snare and a trap for you, a whip on your sides and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from off this good ground that Yahweh your God has given you. And now I am about to go the way of all the earth. And you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things that Yahweh your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one of them has failed. But just as all the good things that Yahweh your God has promised concerning you have been fulfilled for you, so Yahweh will bring upon you all the evil things until he has destroyed you from off this good land that Yahweh your God has given you. If you transgress the covenant of Yahweh your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, then the anger of Yahweh will be kindled against you, and you shall perish quickly, from off the good land that he has given to you. This is the word of the Lord. Our text today is really the beginning of the conclusion of the book of Joshua for us. We see Joshua has advanced in years, well advanced, and that he is basically near death. We will have his death recorded in tomorrow's chapter, chapter 24. So here he is giving word to the leaders. Right? All of Israel, its elders, its heads, its judges, its officers. Tomorrow he's going to gather all the tribes together again for another conversation. So here, what's he talking about? Well, basically he's setting before them good and evil. He's setting before them the path of Yahweh or the path of false gods. The promises of God for good and the promises of God for destruction. He's laying it out before them and encouraging them to continue to be in Yahweh. And why? Well, you're going to see two primary reasons. The first is verse 3. You have seen all that Yahweh your God has done to all these nations for your sake, for it is Yahweh your God who has fought for you. And you can say there's two reasons really there. First, you follow Yahweh because you have seen all that he's done for you. 
that is one that we would we would take up as well, right? As we think of all that God has done for us, we can talk about the gifts of creation, of salvation. That's Revelation 4 and 5. All of creation praises God for creation. All of creation praises God for salvation. We thank Jesus for his death on the cross that won that forgiveness for us. We're thankful for his word, for the sacraments that give us such good gifts. Yahweh Our God has fought for us. That might even be a good way to introduce that conversation to your children. How does God fight for us? And of course, the cross is right at the top of that, right? As Jesus defeats sin, death, and the devil, but also his word and sacrament by which he takes that forgiveness, he announces it to you, proclaims it to you, gives it to you, makes it yours. Um, That the Lord fights for us in those ways. Ephesians 6, armor of God conversation, the that the shield of faith extinguishes the fiery darts of the evil one. Armor of God is all about Jesus. Those are all Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. And so we put on Christ, and he fights for us. We can't fight the devil alone. I mean, like if you tried to challenge Satan one-on-one combat, you'd be in trouble. Christ has already defeated Satan. So rest in that promise. Rest in that hope. That's how God fights for us. Anyway, As we keep looking at the text, then, we see another reason also that's going to be given later. God has not failed to keep his promises to them. That's such a profound note in our theology. God has not failed to keep his promises. And they know this, right? Verse 14, you know in your hearts and souls that not one word has failed of all the good things Yahweh your God has promised. I encourage you to talk with your kids about that a couple of days ago. If you didn't, do it now. What has God promised? What do you know in your heart and in your soul that God has promised to you? And again, you've already been having that conversation, right? How does God fight for us, forgiveness, life, salvation, as Jesus wins for us on the cross and the empty tomb, it all applies here again. God has promised you forgiveness. He's promised you life and salvation. He's promised you paradise with him that never ends. Talk about these promises. Talk about them every day. Make this your hope and your joy together as a family of Christ. So more detail that we actually receive in the text than today. So it's God that's done this. Verse 4, though he's allotted even the land from the tribes that they don't have yet. And I've pointed some of that out along the way, that there is more land for them yet to possess. And if they are faithful to the Lord, if they trust in him, Yahweh is going to drive these enemies out from before them, and they'll possess it just as God promised. So be strong. Remain in God's word, right? Keep all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. Do not turn aside from it. Notice right hand or left. That makes it sound like it's a path to be traveled. So you're walking the path. Don't turn right. Don't turn left. Just stay on the path. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Psalm 119, verse 105. A nice nice connection point there. Also, so are Jesus' words when he talks about how the really the, the way to heaven is narrow. But the the road that leads to destruction is broad and traveled by many. So this this kind of path language, quite common for scripture to use. 
So stay in God's word, keep his commandments, and he will drive out these enemies from before you. He drove out strong nations. That was the fear of those spies when they went up in Numbers 13. Ten of the spies were terrified of the enemies that were before them. But Joshua and Caleb trusted that the Lord would do what the Lord had promised. And the Lord did it, right? He fought for them. One man of you puts to flight a thousand, since it is Yahweh your God who fights for you just as he promised. One victory over a thousand. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you were sent out into war, one soldier, and you were facing an army of a thousand, the despair that you would feel? It would be like an instant notice of regret and defeat. You would know it instantly. But not when Yahweh fights for you. Not when God is on your side. In a way, that's even true for the Christian today, although you're not going to overcome those thousand soldiers likely on the battlefield all by yourself like the Israelites did because God fought for them. But even if they kill you, they cannot take your faith. They cannot take the promise of God. They cannot take paradise from you. You get to be with Christ forever. And that's a, a wonderful message and promise and joy that we have in the midst of suffering and persecution in this world as the Christian church. Be careful to love Yahweh your God. We saw that in chapter 22. We're going to see something quite similar to it in tomorrow's text as well. Love Yahweh your God. Here we get some warning again. If you turn back and cling to the remnant of these nations, so the people that still are remaining, if you let them remain, you associate with each other, you marry with them. God has forbidden intermarriage for the Israelites. The reason given by God himself is that the pagan spouses will lead you astray, right? That if you marry a Baal worshiper, that brings the worship of Baal into your house. And it's true. It proves true in Israel's history. It's the undoing of the great King Solomon in 1 Kings 11. But we see it even today. We see this destroy Christian faith as Christian children grow up and they marry someone who isn't Christian. I mean, in fairness, it's even harmful when Christian spouses don't share a very common faith and they go to different churches. That does a number of damage to the spouses and to the children. But far worse when the spouse is not Christian. It is truly important for a family to worship the Lord together to be in that together. As the Lord fights for you. So be careful, right? The encouragement again. Those nations would be a trap until you perish from this good ground. That's a warning that has shown up again and again over these 40 years of wandering in the wilderness that if they don't keep God's word, they will not live long in the land of promise. It's even right there in the Ten Commandments. The fourth commandment known to us is the first commandment with a promise. Honor your father and mother that you may live long in the land. Right? It's connected right here. The connection there is actually the idea that your mother and father, primarily father's task, is to teach you about 
Yahweh to teach you his ways, to teach you the faith. And if you are not honoring your parents, you're not going to learn the faith from them. You're going to reject it. You're going to follow your own idols. And when you do, that leads to your destruction and removal from the land. Joshua says in verse 14, he's about to die. We've already talked about the rest of that verse. You know the promises and how they've come to pass. Not one of them has failed. However, verse 15 Just as he's brought the good things upon you, he can also bring upon the evil things he has promised until he has destroyed you, if you transgress. Deuteronomy chapter 4, read verse 25 and following. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 17. Deuteronomy chapter 28, where you see the curses. This is again and again, the warning is there. They're going to fall into this, but the warning was there. If you transgress the covenant, if you serve other gods, and Israel will serve other gods. We're going to see that challenge again in tomorrow's text. It's probably the best known thing in all of Joshua, Joshua 24, verse 15. That that conversation comes tomorrow. The, The anger of Yahweh will be kindled against you. You shall perish quickly from the good land that he has given to you. After Joshua comes the age of the judges. And the cycle of judges is that they rebel against the Lord, they sin against him, they worship false gods. That's the first part. The Lord then lets them be oppressed. He delivers them to another nation for oppression. And then they cry out, they repent, and the Lord sends a judge or a deliverer who rescues them from that oppression. And then after rescue, they have a period of rest, of peace, for several years usually before they fall back into their rebellion again. And that cycle repeats in the book of Judges, I believe, 13 times. This is what, when you get to the New Testament, the Israelites are expecting Jesus to be. They look to the patterns of their history and they expect that Jesus will deliver them from oppression in Rome and give them peace in this earthly kingdom. And they have to learn, uh, in a fair, I think it's fair to say it, They have to learn it the hard way. That's not what Jesus came to do. As the faithful disciples watch their Savior crucified on their behalf. So Israel historically does perish, historically quickly, from the land, right? I mean, it does take several hundred years. This is 1400 B.C. It'll be 722 B.C. when Israel is driven out. It'll be 587 B.C. when the southern kingdom of Judah is driven out. So all of them within the next 800-ish years. That's a small section of human history compared to at least 6,000 years since the time when God created. But there's restoration at the end of that too. That's one of the promises we know that God has made. And that promise stays true for you and for me today. That we are saved. Not by our own doing. Because God has fought for us. Amen.